Welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View. We went to Austin. We watched one heck of a football game. I'd say it was a success. Yeah, it was It was an awesome game. Really fun trip overall. Glad we were able to, to make it out there. Uh, Hunter Deckers, even though Iowa State lost, has earned my respect. That guy is a baller. That's all I'm going to say. Sixth uh, Street is a baller. I love that place. The vibe over there. I touched a snake for the first time. Overall, a super fun trip. I would totally live in Austin after that weekend. Um, yeah, more on uh, that game. I loved Austin itself. Definitely will be going back there. But I've got more on that game and my surprises um, based on some stuff I went back and looked at from that game. But uh, let's jump into our surprises. Surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. All right, let's start with Cole. What surprised you from Week 7? Mississippi State lost to Kentucky. The offense struggled. This was a game where I thought Mississippi State was going to go in, dominate Kentucky offensively, and Will Rogers only had 200 passing yards, a tutty and a pick. Just weak for a team that I thought was going to just run through Kentucky. We, we pulled the jinx. I mean, Hayden flipped his pick, and it, you instantly yep. knew Mississippi State wasn't going to win that game. I even said, I think, Mississippi State last year would lose this, but this year they won't, but I was wrong. Yeah, I am kind of scared to look at the comments section because I went like 1-5 or 1-4 <laughs> this week. This was one of my worst weeks for picks, but you know what? It was a great week of college football. I'm surprised that Stanford went on the road and beat Notre Dame. How about 16 that? 16-14, to it was an ugly game, but... Stanford just snapped an 11-game Power 5 losing streak. And uh, Notre Dame, despite their down year, I thought they were going to win this game. They looked good the last couple weeks. But, hey, you never can count out David Shaw. He's always got a big win up his sleeve. And that might be enough to get him off the hot seat for this year. So Stanford, now 2-4, and four, still the road to a bowl game, not looking great. But they do have a win-a-bowl game coming up against ASU at home. So uh, shout-out to uh, the Cardinal. Yeah, um, Old Dominion crushed Coastal Carolina on the road. That was bizarre. But um, I, I don't know where I was going to stick this into the show, but I'm just going to put it in surprises. I went back and listened to the broadcast. It was the RG3 had the Texas game. And, oh, my goodness, they are the worst announcers of all time. I'll give you guys some of the uh, puns they made throughout know, the highlights. I know we were anticipating some we were anticipating in the student them. section. We were trying to we think of what he was going to say. We literally called some of them. They, they said, Xavier worthy, more than worthy. They literally said that. Uh, Mr. Clutch Hutchinson, they said for Xavier Hutchinson, only he, he said it like, Mr. Clutch Hutchinson, and it was like, what? They said, Jalen Noel, who was number 13, when he had that big touchdown, they said, Jalen Noel, no way they catch him. And then they said, oh Hunter gosh. Deckers, after he ran it in for that touchdown, they said, Hunter Deckers, and he decks the halls. 
He's so corny. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was awful. I hate like those announcers are the worst, and I hope they never call another Oregon State. I game. mean, who's worse, them two or Russell Wilson and his post game <laughs> stuff and his commercials with Subway? The Subway commercials. The Subway commercials is... by default. Have you seen the meme where it's like, oh never mind. I'll tell you guys after the show, <laughs> but. Yeah, that those are two very cringe things. All right, so let's jump forward and talk about who was eating their Wheaties in week seven. Better get your whole grain. I bet eat my Wheaties. All right, Hayden, we'll start in your corner. Who was eating their Wheaties? Utah quarterback Cam Rising led the Utes to a 43-42 win over then-unbeaten USC. He was the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week. He threw for 415 yards and accounted for five total touchdowns. And... Uh, Man, Cam Rising is just elite. That guy is so good. The beast. And it's it, it felt weird putting him at four in my Pac-12 power ranking, QB power rankings this past week. He's almost like Jack Coletto in when he gets out of the pocket. You know what I mean? When he scrambles. He's one of those guys. He's just one of those guys who always gets the first down, always gets in the end zone. He's very physical. He runs guys over. He's just, he's a baller. And uh, yeah, shout out to Cam Rising this week. I'm going to go with an offensive player on U of A, not named Jaden Delora. I'm going to go with Tetaro McMillan. He's their wide receiver. He's from Waimanalo, Hawaii. Ah. They didn't even win the game. But, damn, I mean, i got to shout, shout this guy out. Seven receptions, 132 yards, two tutties, including a really long 46-yard reception. Really cool to see from a Hawaii native. Yeah, we knew the Hawaii reference was coming out. Uh, the Wheaties posts aren't up yet on Instagram, but I'll get them up after this. What? I promise. I promise. Uh, Jack Coletto, he did have two touchdown runs. He was a beast. Wasn't stopped again. Surprise, surprise. But my player, uh, Michael Penix Jr., he's right back, baby. I mean, I had to shout him out. He had 516 passing yards, four touchdowns, only eight incompletions. And so uh, that's what playing the kiddies will do for you, for your stat line. Mm. Uh for every guy that there is, you know, making the right decisions, eating his Wheaties, getting big and strong, there's another guy out there that's, you know, he's eating his Fruit Loops, he's getting slow, he's getting fat. Cole, who was eating their Fruit Loops this week? It's kind of weird because last week I had him as like my freshman of the year in the uh, midseason awards, but I'm going to go with Jaden Ott. I mean, 16 carries, only 47 rushing yards. I mean, the guy was not good versus Colorado, who's... A horrible team. Colorado gets its first win. I, I think I I would expect more out of Jaden Ott, who has rose to the scene this year. Um, yeah, first time all year he's eating Fruit Loops. Yeah. Yeah, I picked Jaden Ott as well. He's just absolutely disappeared the last couple weeks. But I'll take a step back since Colt picked Jaden Ott. I'm just going to go, you know, the Cal offense, Justin Wilcox. They can't beat these really bad football teams. You look last year, they lost to U of A. That was U of A's only win. And it's bad. They go to Colorado and they lose. And it just feels like nobody's stock took a worse hit last week than Cal. Yeah, uh, the bottom tier of the Pac-12 is very much alive. It's starting to feel like the Pac-12 we all know and love. My Fruit Loops Player of the Week, uh, Cam Ward, in that Oregon State game, he ended up throwing for 345 yards, but it took him 54 pass attempts to hit that mark. He went 25 of 54. He wow. had a touchdown pass uh, on like a swing route, a pick, 11 carries for negative 21 yards. He was running for his life, so part of the fault goes to the O-line, but... I call him Sham Ward this year because, you know, he, he's not been up to the hype that Washington State hoped he would have lived up to. Uh, but let's let's take a step back and look at the big picture. Uh, this was one of the craziest weekends 
we have seen we had multiple field stormings, uh, three at least three gigantic field stormings in Fort Worth, um, in Knoxville, and in Salt Lake City. Uh, before we get into the AP poll, some bulletin uh, board material has hit. Uh, Illinois starting two, six and two mm. on the year. Uh, they already hit it. All it took was seven games. They're six and one. They that exceeded was, it. Yeah, that was my bulletin board material. Um, shout out Brett Bielema and the boys. Illinois has the best scoring defense in the nation. They're giving up 8.9 points per game, which is utterly ridiculous. Impressive. But uh, we have a new AP poll. Thoughts on the AP poll? There's only a few more of these left before we get a college football playoff ranking. Yeah, I feel like Oregon State's not getting enough love. Their numbers, I think they're only receiving like six votes That's or something correct, like yeah. that. I feel like even if they're not ranked, they should be you know the first one or two teams out of there, and, and they're not ranked. And I was surprised LSU didn't get ranked. After their uh, big win over Florida, they're, they're a two-loss team, right? And they're in the SEC. And they're in the SEC. Yeah. I, I was surprised they didn't even they didn't get in there at all. So uh, those were a couple things that stood out. But, yeah, I mean, it's crazy to see Illinois and, and who's the other one? Syracuse in the top 20. It's, it's, it's weird to see, but you'd love to see it. I like that, you know, the AP poll rewarded Michigan for beating a top 10 Penn State team and leaping them over Clemson. Yep. Um, TCU at 8 and Tennessee at 3, man. That's fun. If yeah. those guys can get closer and closer by the time the college football playoff committee starts putting in their rankings, who knows? Maybe that'll be influential a little bit. If those guys can make the playoff, oh, my gosh, this will be one of the best playoffs of all time. Yeah, I mean, right now, one through four in the AP poll is Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan. I think that's a pretty fun playoff. I would take that. If I was given that offer, obviously we like to think to maybe TCU, UCLA, Syracuse, some teams that could sneak through there, but... Right now, I'm content with where the playoff is. Yeah. If we could trade out Michigan for a Pac-12 team, yes. I would take that. <laughs> yes. and, and even if you had to keep Michigan, then get one of the SEC teams out of there. Preferably Georgia. Yes. I would be fine with Tennessee getting in there. Let me see the Vols. Ohio State, I, I believe they're the best team in the country, um, pound for pound. But other than that, I'd love to see like a Tennessee, Ohio State, UCLA Clemson playoff. I would get TCU, Syracuse, UCLA, um, Kansas. That's what I would take. (laughs) Let's let's do it. Uh, But yes, we have reached uh, the point in the season where the Heisman race starting to clear up a little bit. Who is your front runner right now? I'm looking at Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, who is one of the most efficient passers in the nation, and he is the general of the most potent offense in the country. He is just short of 2,000 yards already, 24 touchdowns to three picks, leading the country with a QBR of 94.4, and his completion percentage this year is just a hair over 70%, which is really good. Yeah. So, in my opinion, I think it's a close field at the top. You could throw Caleb Williams, a few other guys in there. But for me, the front runner is C.J. Stroud. For me, it's Blake Blake Corum, Michigan's running back. Okay, he leads the FBS with 13 rushing touchdowns. He's second in the FBS in rushing yards with 901. I think this one could come down to if other guys aren't involved, it's going to be Corum versus Stroud in the Michigan versus Ohio State game at the end of the season. That game definitely will determine, at least between the two of them, who's going to be in New York. If Tennessee wins the SEC or even goes like 11-1 or 10-2, Hendon Hooker is a guy that's got a really good mm. shot after that performance versus Bama. 
And uh, there's also a guy, the guy that has more rushing yards than Blake Quorum right now, Chase Brown at Illinois. Uh, Illinois, I think if they had a good season late, if maybe Ohio State loses a game or two or some of those top guys don't look as impressive, people might start to look towards, wait, well, running back is running for the most yards right now, which would be Chase Brown. Uh, don't sleep on him. But uh, week eight is, uh, there's some good games on this slate, and we're getting to that point in the season where every game just feels so high stakes, and there's just so much good stuff out there. So we've got a slate of games here. First one, number 14, Syracuse, undefeated. We've been talking about them all show. They travel to play number five, Clemson. Yeah, both teams proved me wrong last week. And you have to love the feel-good story of the year in Syracuse, going up against the perennial powerhouse in Clemson. How about DJ Uyunglele? He's having a really good season. And this Clemson offense has just completely re-energized itself. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to take the Tigers at home. And that offense is just going to be too much for the Q's to handle. I think Syracuse, welcome back to earth. You know, you guys have had a beautiful start to the season, undefeated, undefeated, very magical. You know, you beat NC State last weekend, but Leary was hurt. And now you're going to play Clemson, who I pick every week to lose, <laughs> but they don't lose. So Clemson's going to win this one. Uh, we are witnessing a Dabo Sweeney masterclass with this Clemson offense this year. And an interesting note, actually, is Tony Elliott, who was the offensive coordinator at Clemson, was there last year. He left, took the head coaching job at Virginia, and a guy named Brennan Armstrong, who led the FBS in passing last year, mm. is now terrible at Virginia. Hmm. And so you start to wonder, wait a minute, if DJ's looking this much improved and this much more comfortable in this offense, how much of that had to do with Tony Elliott maybe being yeah. a questionable... Uh, coordinator there. So just food for thought. I've been fading Clemson all year. I was fading Syracuse all year. Uh, last week, I did not fade Syracuse. I picked them. I still faded Clemson. And so I'm going to continue that trend. I'm going to pick Syracuse to go on the road and beat Clemson. Okay. I think if you're Clemson, you've, you've messed around too much with these ACC opponents. Give me the orange. Uh, we have an SEC battle. Undefeated LSU, or undefeated Ole Miss, number seven in the country now, traveling to play a two-loss LSU squad. I feel like the national consensus is that Ole Miss is a little overrated. Yeah. And I think this is where they get exposed. LSU uh, coming off a very good win against Florida. They're obviously a well-coached team led by Brian Kelly. Jaden Daniels, you were showing me the highlights, uh, Tyler, before the, uh, before the show. Jaden Daniels looked really good. And yeah. he has definitely taken strides as a passer. And, of course, he was always a good runner here at Arizona State. So if he can keep up the pace, I think LSU uh, has a chance to get it done here at home, which I think they will. And that makes a lot of sense, but I think college football doesn't make sense. And Lane Kiffin is going to use the overrated narrative to his favor. I like Ole Miss. They can score. They forced a lot of turnovers last weekend. I think very similar teams. Both This game has huge stakes, especially because Tennessee beat Bama last weekend. I'm going to go Ole Miss in this one. Yeah, I mean, we all looked at Ole Miss's schedule going into the season, and we said that's a team that's going to start at least 7-0, and maybe even further than that, because it was pretty soft on the front end of the schedule. So you almost knew Ole Miss would be a top-10 team in this game. LSU's been more tested at this point. We saw them get blown out by Tennessee, so they know that even at home, they're not safe. They have to show up. They have to play. I think LSU wins this one. Jaden Daniels was cooking last game, man. And LSU... If they win this game, they have a home game versus Alabama next week. If they were to beat Alabama in that game, which Alabama struggled on the road, they would be the front runners in the SEC West. So hmm. everybody relax. It's still a few Whoa. weeks away, but just food for thought. Next up, number 20, Texas, 
team we just watched traveling to Stillwater to play Oklahoma State. Texas has opened as, I believe, like a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Wow. You know, even after watching Texas in person last week, I still don't really know what to make of them. Quinn Ewers played well. Xavier Worthy was worthy of a good performance or whatever it is that RG3 said. Uh, but I feel like Iowa State lost that game more than Texas won the game. Texas, granted, they did force some big turnovers in critical situations, especially when Iowa State was in Texas territory. And I feel like if Texas can do that on the road against Oklahoma State, defense travels, you hear it all the time. Yep. I think they can get the dub, and I'm going to call... Well, I guess it's not an upset in this uh, situation, but give me the Longhorns. We'll count it. Hook, hook them horns. Hook, I hook them. Hook yeah. them horns. I pick against the team we just saw. I mean, I love them. I fall in love with Austin. <laughs> hook them horns. I love Bevo. I love Burnt Orange. Love For Rudy's. those reasons alone, Texas is not only winning, but covering the spread. Um, I mean... I hate to do it to us, but I'm also picking Texas. Oh, they're so losing we're going to have three Longhorns across the board there. But, yeah, I mean, I just love what this team has going. They're still my pick to win the Big 12. Quinn Ewers is going to show up this game. He didn't have a fantastic game against Iowa State. Didn't really have to do much. It was Bijan Robinson down the stretch. Um, but I like Texas. Oklahoma State, look for them to, to slide a little here. Uh, next up, we have a team that clung on to the rankings with their dear life, number 24 in Mississippi State. And as a reward, they get a travel to Tuscaloosa to play number 6, Alabama. Yeah, Oof. Alabama coming off a loss. Good luck, Mississippi State. I've got Bama. You're not beating Bama when they're pissed. I got Bama. <laughs> Last year, Bama beat Mississippi State on the road 49-9. to And that's where they usually struggle. I think Mike Leach's gimmicky offense just doesn't work with a guy like Nick Saban on the other sideline. So, yeah, I think Bama's crushing him. Uh, next up, we have another Big 12 matchup. Big 12, like we've said, it's a knife fight every week. Every week, TCU coming off of that overtime battle. Guess what? You turn around, you've got number 17, Kansas State, right in your face, who's undefeated in Big 12 play. Yeah, I've been fading TCU all year. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Uh, they've proven me wrong time and time again. The only time that I did pick TCU was against Kansas. But yeah, give me the give me the frogs here at home. Sonny Dykes might be a contender for national coach of the year. Yeah, and I think we've also been sleeping on Max Duggan. I mean, the guy has 16 touchdown passes, only one pick, 1,600 passing yards. This TCU offense is legit. I've also been fading them. I'm not going to fade them anymore. I got TCU. As RG3 would probably say, teach me how to Duggan. Oh God! <laughs> but I'm going with 2 a.m. I think Kansas oh, State. 2 a.m. <laughs> I think Kansas State wins this on the road. I mean, after the show that our caller Donnie put on, talking about 2 a.m. and and what he's done at Kansas State, I'm, I just think that they're going to go on the road and win this one. But you know, at the end of the day, who knows? Who? It's the Big 12, right? Uh, time for our upset picks. We all picked Florida State last week. Uh, they ended up only losing by six, but it was honestly a bigger blowout than, than it showed. So a somber week for upset picks. But uh, Cole, why don't you get us started? I'm going to go with East Carolina over UCF. UCF dropped 70 points last weekend. They're favored by five in this one. But East Carolina's at home. They're a quality team with a win over Memphis. Close loss versus NC State when they were at full strength. I mean, I, I like East Carolina in this game, and I think they're going to get it done. Are those both ranked uh, group of five teams? Yes, they are. Oh, what are their rankings? Um, let me check. <laughs> Back to you later. Okay, Hayden. We're going to the state of Colorado. Ooh. 
the Colorado State Rams, who are, I believe, a five-point favorite over the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, are going to lose. Oh, UH <laughs> goes on the road and beats Jay Norvell's squad, who is Holy horrible. Cow. Colorado State, despite beating Nevada a couple weeks ago, 17-14, to 14, still looked atrocious in that game. Then they turn around and lose to a bad Utah State team at home. Give me the bows. They just spanked Nevada. Braden Shager uh, looked like he was having fun. Who, who's the running back? Dedrick Parson? Yeah, Dedrick Yeah, yeah he, he, he's a beast. He didn't give fumble. The, give me the bows. Why not? Wow. Give me the bows, said someone not named Colt. Wow. <laughs> this is awesome. I, I Let's see it. I think they can get it done. All right. Second time this year Hawaii's been picked in an upset pick. Last time. Do you it, think Hawaii will win this weekend? I don't know. It's a coin flip. For me, last time I picked them in an upset pick, it was against New Mexico State, and they got clapped. So uh, I'm going to pick UTEP. They're a four-point underdog against FAU. UTEP is a campus we also stopped at on the drive back. We played on their practice facility. Um, I think UTEP gets the job done at home. What was the? Did you get the rankings? For no, that? I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I, I heard Hawaii, and I was just like, yeah, I don't care about these rankings. <laughs> All right. Um, let's just keep it in your corner, Colt. Lock of chaos. Yeah, so we used to have the segment of uh, the, the group of five. What was it called? One for the little guy. Yeah. So now that's a, a digital thing. We're on social media. We rank the top 25 group of five teams. So stay tuned for that. That's where you'll find the rankings of East Carolina and UCF. But my Lockakeas also have a lot to do with this trip. I got Texas covering the six and a half spread at Oklahoma oh. State. Okay. Okay. UTEP is getting four and a half versus FAU. You just picked them to win outright. UTEP is going to get the job done. Also, I love their practice field. The Sun Bowl is ginormous. Everything else in El Paso, <laughs> not as nice as the campus, but still, I love the place. Ole Miss getting one and a half at LSU. I just picked them to win. They're the underdog. They're the number eighth ranked team in the nation. Why not? Go. Yeah, might as well. And then UCLA is getting six and a half on the road at Oregon. And DTR is legit. He was legit against... Washington. Here comes a Heisman moment. UCLA plus six and a half. Yeah, and UCLA was dogs against uh, Washington and Utah, and they won both of those outright. Exactly. So, UCLA, betting on them has been a healthy habit to build. Uh, that jumps us to our Pac-12 newsletter. We have four teams on buys this week, which means four games in the slate. So before we get to those games, let's look at each of the teams that are having a buy, and let's talk about something that they should focus on during the buy. First off, we have USC. I think they should focus on not letting that loss to Utah derail their season. They still have, I mean, everything they want is still ahead of them. Natty's still in play. Pac-12 championship's still in play. True. This USC team needs to shake that off. A one-point loss on the road against Utah. Uh, no shame in losing that game. If anything, maybe need to tighten up the defense a little bit. Feels like when they're not forcing turnovers, that's when they run into trouble. So um, I think for USC, not a whole lot. Because the, the offense is clicking, the team's playing well. Just don't get too down. USC, it's generate momentum for the UCLA game. Okay, you've got a bye this week, and you've got Arizona, Cal, and Colorado after that. Okay, just uh. focus on what you've been doing successfully this entire season. Win, win, win. Look good for the committee. And then when you play UCLA, have that big game day matchup. Yeah, um, for USC, I said run defense. They've allowed 150.6 rush yards a game and 14 rushing touchdowns this year. 
not good. They're the only teams in the Pac-12 that are worse than them. ASU, Stanford, U of A, and Colorado as far as yards allowed per game. So if they were to work on anything, I would say work on stopping the run. Find a way to mix things up. Um, that three-game stretch that you mentioned, though, might be a good way for them to ease into that. Uh, next up, we have the Utah Utes coming off that huge win. I would just say, I mean, this isn't really something to improve on per se, but just enjoy enjoy Kyle Whittingham while he's there. True. Whatever it is that Kyle Whittingham says goes because he coached that team. I mean, obviously Cam Rising played well, but that call to go for two at the end of the game, what a, what a gutsy call, and it paid off. I mean, Kyle Whittingham is just a legend, and I think he's going to go down as – a top 50 coach all time in this game. I mean, the guy's an absolute legend. So if you're the Utes, just soak it all in because who knows how long he's still going to be uh, roaming the sidelines. Right. For Utah, you're in the back half of the season right now. Your opponent next week, Wazoo, is also on a bye. For Utah, it's about convincing the committee right now that you're a legit two-loss team, that you can be up there when we talk about Texas as a two-loss team, that Florida loss doesn't look too good anymore. But Florida still has to play Georgia, so who knows. And Utah just beat a quality USC team. They still have Oregon on the schedule. And they can, if they make the Pac-12 championship, get a rematch versus UCLA. So I think that's their job right now. Convince the committee they're all right. They can still very feasibly win the conference as well. Uh, another stat, red zone defense. Uh, USC and UCLA were a combined 11 of 12 on touchdowns in the red zone against Utah. That is not good. They mm. need to find a way to bow their necks. The game I went to in Salt Lake, Oregon State was like one of five in the red zone, and they beat the crap out of us. They beat us 42-16. to 16. So if they can start doing what they did in that game, it's easier when you're playing against Ben Goldbranson and Chance Nolan, <laughs> but uh, they, they need to start getting more stops in the red zone, at least holding guys to field goals. Uh, Washington State. They got to figure out the offense. You take a look at the stats. Wazoo is bottom three oh, in the Pac-12 in yards per game. They're dead last in rushing yards per game, and they are third to last in points per game with 24.6. Whoever thought we'd see a time where Wazoo's defense was kind of their, their lone strength. saving grace and their strength? And Cal. Yeah. <laughs> Cam Ward I mean, I guess he's been okay. He hasn't been like this world beater that people thought he was going to be when when he got essentially called up from the FCS. He's been he's been all right, and I'm sure he'll get better as the years go on. But for Wazoo, they've just got to figure a way out a way to score points consistently because they have not been able to do that. I mean, I totally agree. Do what was working earlier this season. You guys almost beat Oregon at one time. Now you guys lost two in a row. Just figure out what was working back then with the offense. Try and channel some of that going into this Utah week. And then and then you're looking at a bowl game season. Yeah, 4-3 and three right now. They're kind of at this, this critical point in the season. They've got to protect their quarterback. Because Cam Ward, mm. like I said, 11 carries for negative 21 yards against Oregon State. That was because he was sacked like four times. He has been sacked 26 times this season. That's, That's insane. dead last wow. in the Pac-12. He has no time to throw. I know they can't get more personnel in an offensive line, but maybe switch things up. Throw more screen passes. Run the ball more. Do something to get the pressure off your guy. And it's a miracle he hasn't been injured yet this season. Yep. Next up, we have Arizona, the last team on a bye this week. This is the easiest one. They've they've got to fix their defense. I said it last week. They yep. were my Fruit Loops unit of the week. They're second to last 
in just about every category in the conference when it comes to defense. Points per game, rushing yards allowed per game, yards per game, you name it. It's a Swiss cheese defense. (laughs) And if they had a respectable defense, U of A would probably be above 500 because their offense is very high-powered and fun to watch. But it's it's a wreck on defense this year, and that's probably going to be the reason they don't go to a bowl game. I had the exact same thing. They give up way too many points. Jaden Delore played well last weekend. He did. Four touchdowns, no picks. They didn't play a good team, which we already knew was going to happen with Delora. But it's not the offense's fault at all. It's not. Um, My stat for Arizona, 36.3 points per game allowed. Very bad. And that's despite playing San Diego State, Cal, and Colorado, who are all 102nd or worse in scoring offense. So... That that's not good. In case you guys wanted the, the numbers on that, that's not good. Bad. But like I said, we do have four games this week in the Pac-12. Uh, we've got the biggest one first. Number nine UCLA traveling to play number ten Oregon. Oregon currently possesses the coveted MacGuffin as well. So there are high stakes in this college game day. The late kick tour with Josh Pate is going there too. Everyone is there. The MacGuffin is taking off, by the way, on TikTok. This is viral stuff. It is. Stuff. At, at CF Budge, actually, tracks the MacGuffin. Okay. So. There you go. So, yeah, in this coveted MacGuffin game, gosh, I, I, I don't see how I can pick against Oregon here. I mean, no. DTR has been doubted. All, I mean, not DTR. UCLA. The whole UCLA program has kind of been doubted outside of us, of course, all season. True. And... Uh, <laughs> Shout out Pac-12 pigskin. Well, really, (laughs) everyone, nobody, I mean, except for Cold, apparently, expected them to be undefeated at this point in the season. I just think this boils down to Bo Nix is having fun at Oregon. He's having fun. He's playing well. (laughs) This is going to be an awesome football game. I hope it's an absolute banger, but I think the Ducks get it done at home. Yeah, I hedged my UCLA undefeated uh, pick when I chose Utah a few weeks ago over UCLA, knowing that... You know, if Utah were to win, I was still right. And if they didn't win, then UCLA is still undefeated, and I still had that. But this week, I'm doubling down on UCLA. Wow. I'm picking them to beat Oregon. They've been doubted. And I think DTR is going to continue to impress the nation and hopefully climb on the odds for Heisman. He is actually, like, top 10, maybe even, like, top 8. I just looked up. Um... I feel dumb picking the Ducks again because UCLA has done this twice this year mm-hmm. where they've been an underdog and won outright. I think the Ducks win this game. MacGuffin fun fact. This is Bo Nix's third separate time holding the MacGuffin. Wow. He held it twice at Auburn and now he's got it at the Ducks. He's a MacGuffin magnet. MacGuffin royalty. Bo MacGuffin Nix. merchant. <laughs> MacGuffin merchant. And he's having fun, like Hayden said. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have Arizona State traveling to play Stanford. Hayden will be calling this game for Blaze Radio, so he will not be making a prediction here. Colt, what do you got? I mean, this is the worst thing that could have happened for ASU because Stanford just had a beautiful win versus Notre Dame. There's life back in this program. But ASU has life with Trenton Borgay, Sean Aguano. I mean, they showed things that we didn't see all year from them. We saw energy. We saw passion. And so I think they keep that passion. I got ASU this weekend. I think ASU is playing at a high level, and I think Stanford is also playing at a high level. I mean, Stanford should have beat Oregon State, and that's an Oregon State team that we just watched dismantle Washington State. 
Stanford and ASU, it feels like, have climbed out of a tier we thought they were in yep. up to the same tier as the Oregon States, the Washington States, maybe even Washington at this point, and mm -hmm. Cal. And so this is going to be a, a very competitive game. I do think Stanford wins in the farm. And, and just that win over Notre Dame won me over. And hopefully Borgay can put it together. I just haven't seen a big enough sample size from Borgay to really hang my hat on him for a win. I don't even know if he's starting. I'll, I'll add some comments. I won't pick the game like you mentioned. Emory Jones is starting. Emory Jones is Emory starting. Emory Jones okay. is starting. All right, so I'm changing my pick to lose. I'm kidding. <laughs> Sean Aguano said, and I think this is respectable, he's not going to punish a guy for getting injured. It's yeah. not like Emory Jones was playing bad against Washington either. I mean, he, just, he got hurt before really the, you know, it was the beginning of the second quarter. So, I mean, this is going to be a blast. I'm so excited to call the game. Uh, opportunity of a lifetime, getting to call an ASU game. I mean, that's that's yep. really cool. That's pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, guys, I'm so excited for this. And I'm really glad Stanford won last week because this game has just this new energy about it. And this is always a fun game between ASU and Stanford. It kind of seems like they're always on the same wavelength each, each season. But, uh yeah, can't wait to see how it plays out. The ASU thing reminds me of a very similar situation in Hawaii football when they had Cole McDonald go down in the middle of the season like a few years ago, and Chevin Cordero came in, won the game, came back from 21 points down at home, absolutely lit up the crowd, and everyone was like, the hometown kid is the guy, we don't want McDonald. Then what happened is Shevin played the next few weeks, had a couple more moments, but then we saw his true colors. Team started to figure him out, and it was clear that Cole McDonald was a better quarterback. So I can see a similar thing happening here potentially with Emory Jones and Borgay. Yeah, I remember that that sequence. Um, they ended up making the Mountain West Championship game. Yes, they did. Didn't they? That was a good good year for Hawaii. You can never have too many good quarterbacks then, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Well, you can never have too many bad quarterbacks this uh, year. Apparently. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> we have Colorado coming off of a Pac-12 win. How about them buffs? They traveled to Corvallis to play Oregon State. Yeah, they hit the over. They were 0.5 was the over-under. They wow. hit it. Yeah, I just can't I can't go against the Beavs coming off that big win against Wazoo. And it feels like Oregon State weathered the storm. They They had a rough three weeks. And they came out and they played fantastic last week. Props to Colorado. The interim coach, Energy is uh, off the charts. I mean, who is their interim coach? I don't even know his name. I don't know his name either, to but be honest. <laughs> what I mean by that is interim coaches are, I mean, that's the way to go. If your team, if it's like a lost season, fire your coach. Interim <laughs> coaches are always, always seem to have just a weird win up Heck, their sleeve. even if it's not a lost season, just fire your coach. Yeah, okay. there you go. Hey, guys, we're 4-1. and one. We need to win these next couple games. Even Penn State, just fire James Franklin yeah, right now. Get the go. interim in there. Uh, but, yeah, I like the Beavs. Colorado... Could make this an interesting game. I can't remember if it was last year, but there was one year when when they beat Oregon State when they should last not. Year. It was last, last year, year they beat Oregon State in overtime. Okay, so Oregon State doesn't let it happen again. Give me the beefs. Oregon State doesn't lose at home. Simple. They win. Yeah, under Jonathan Smith, that has been true. I mean, it's just night and day home on the road. You look at the last few road games that the Beavers have had. Um, road game at Utah, get absolutely plastered on the wall. Road game at Fresno State takes a last-second play to win. Road game at Stanford takes a last-second play to win. Like, we've been the pretty much the same team. It's just the, the key difference this year has been the huge plays we've made at the end to win some of those road games. At home, we haven't needed those huge plays, and we should have beat USC. We just lost to them. But at home, we just absolutely rolled over Washington State. That game never even felt close. 
Um, and Colorado, Oregon State opens up as a 23.5 point favorite, which I think is pretty hefty. I still think the Beavers take care of business. I don't think there's any reason for Beavers fans to feel threatened at any point mm. in this game. Uh, and next up, Washington at California. An interesting game here. Not that interesting. I feel <laughs> like Cal, like I said, their their stock is down right now. And for Washington, nice job to bounce back. It wasn't the greatest performance in the world against U of A, but they got the win. They're what five and two now. So is that right? I think they're five and they're two. Five and they're two. five and two. A win here gets them into a bowl game. Give me the the Huskies on the road. Uh, just too much offense. I think Phoenix is still a very good quarterback. You know, he looked good last weekend. Um, Jaden Knott, if he continues to suffer and play like this, then Cal is not going to win because they don't have enough on offense. Because of that, I've got Washington winning this one. This game is always really weird. And Cal has won three of the past six games in the series, including two games in Seattle. Really? And they had that one upset where... Um, what was his name? It wasn't Bowers. It was the was it Bowers? The guy that had the gymnast like family and he did the flip into the end zone. Yes. Do you guys remember that yes. one? Yeah, it was like a top ten win too. I just think Cal weirdly has Washington's number and I think they bother Phoenix early and he huh? makes some mistakes. Yeah, they bother <laughs> Phoenix. And I think Cal wins. I'm gonna pick Cal in a classic Pac twelve game. I've got all four home teams winning this week. Interesting. Very. And so that leads us into fact or fiction. Here we've got a uh, decent lineup of fact or fiction. Let's start with uh, the East Coast. Fact or fiction, North Carolina deserves their 22nd ranking in the AP poll. Fact. Six and one, they deserve to be in there. I totally agree. Yes. That loss to Notre Dame looks worse every every week. But that yeah. win over App State, though, still looks bad. But it was, it was a nice <laughs> win, though. Um, <laughs> it's a fun win, I should say. Fact or fiction... Iowa, hear me out, Iowa's defense can slow down Ohio State this week. Fact. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I thought you may have been going to, is Iowa going to win this weekend? Uh, no, I was like, no, no. No. <laughs> Did you know that Spencer Petras has a lower QBR than Braden Shager? Oh, my goodness. I believe it. I mean, why, this... why does Brian Ferentz still have a job? I don't know, He's bro. the coach's son, and he's still the offensive coordinator. He hasn't been fired. Yeah, Iowa fans, they care about this team. Like, yeah. they, it's like Nebraska. There's nothing else there. I just feel like... How can you not get a better... I mean, Iowa's a great program. They're easily yeah. a top 30 program in the country. You get a quarterback. It almost feel like, it feels like the cracks are starting to show with Ferentz and not being able yeah. to adapt to like NIL. It's a very old-fashioned yeah. coach. Very... Uh, what was it? Oh, there was there was a clip from an interview. They were they were interviewing um, Big Ten coaches, kind of as just like a a fun media day thing. And they asked the coaches, "What do you think is the most overrated stat?" And it went to Kurt Ferentz, and he was like, "I'd say offensive yards." And it's like, <laughs> oh, that is just that aged horribly this year. Yeah. Like that aged horribly. But anyways, we've got Liberty Factor Fiction. Factor Fiction. Liberty has a path to a New Year's Six Bowl. Hear me out. Right now they have a one-point loss to Wake Forest, wins over UAB and Old Dominion. They play BYU, Arkansas, Virginia Tech down the stretch. Fact. With that schedule, yes, but they only beat Gardner-Webb by one last weekend. So I'm a little sus with Liberty. I dropped them in my group of five top 25. But, yeah, there's a path. They're still in the top ten, though. That is correct. All right, we'll take it. Fact or fiction, 
Iowa State is the Nebraska of this season. They're currently 3-4 and four with four one-possession losses by a combined 14 points. Fact. That's fair. Yep. Fact. How many games will they win? Probably six or seven. Who else is left? I mean, I have no idea. It's the Big Twelve. I'll check so. it out. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll get two more. I mean, I was just thinking about the the drop pass by their wide receiver, who went off last Hutchinson. week. Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Yeah. Oh man, just at the very end, he was an animal all day. But that one pass was almost he was, costly in that moment. He was the exact opposite of his teammate. Who? Um, what was his name? No. Uh, Jalen Knoll, the number thirteen, who dropped passes all game and then had a big catch. It at came the end. up clutch. So right, they were they were inverses of each other. All right, so they've got Oklahoma, no. West Virginia, yes. at Oklahoma State, Texas Tech at TCU. That's the thing. Every single one of those games, I could see going either way. Yep, yeah, I'll, I'll go six and six. I think they could beat Texas Tech and then beat West Virginia at home, and that gets them to five wins. Oh. <laughs> then I got no then. Dang. Well, well, rip Iowa State this year. Uh, <laughs> fact or fiction, the power may be balancing back out to Boise, Fresno, and Utah State in the Mountain West. Uh, I mean, Fresno State just beat San Jose State this weekend with backups, and that shocked me. Because I thought San Jose State was a powerhouse in this Mountain West. I thought they were going to make the Mountain West Championship. I think the power is in Air Force right now. Air Force hasn't won the Mountain West since I've been watching, so I think they've got it. But I think Boise State, though, is approaching where they were maybe four years ago. I'll tell you what, Utah State went from being the biggest drop-off in college football history to now just being the most confusing team because they yeah. had that win over Air Force a few weeks ago. Correct. Where you're just like, wait, I thought this is the same team. Although, the, the crazy part I looked up is I was like, how did they lose 35-7 to Weber State? Weber State is undefeated. Yeah. And they've crushed everyone they played. Right, so maybe Utah State, or should I say better. Weber State? That would be the correct <laughs> way to say it. Is that is that actually? It? I is mean, it... It, it doesn't. I mean, there's multiple spellings. You could go two B's, Weber, Weber. I've heard it. It doesn't matter. Well, congratulations, Hayden. Yeah, on your, your my, school. my school, my FCS school. I'm kind of rooting for them to win. They're they're, like... they're really good though. I think it could be like a North Dakota State Weber State. FCS championship. I think they're uh, like number four right now. They're number okay. five. Number five at six and zero, oh, so, or five and zero. Oh, so. And I and I just want to add. I feel like San Jose State has just been one of the most disappointing group of five teams over the last couple years. Because didn't somebody pick them to to go to the Colt? Pick them to go to the playoffs. That was last year. Yeah, and they yeah. went six and six. And that was before Cordero got there. And now there's a Hawaiian. Yeah. Uh, Factor fiction. Michael Penix Jr. will end as the passing yards champion. Right now, he's number one. Will Rogers, Kyle Van Treese of Georgia Southern, and Austin Reed of Western Kentucky are kind of close behind mm. him. Yeah, why not? Sure. Fact. All right, let's go. Penix power. Uh, fact or fiction, Iowa State's Xavier Hutchinson is the most underrated wide receiver in college football. After last weekend, yeah, but in terms of clutch gene, ooh, I don't know. Man. Yeah, I'll go fiction for that reason. <laughs> he he's got to catch wide open he, passes. That's true. He's top five in receiving yards and number one in receptions. So, fact or fiction, BYU's game at Liberty is a must-win situation for Kalani Sataki. Mm, well, ah. not to keep his job. I mean, if they want to have any respect this year, then absolutely. But. Kalani's fine. Okay. Yeah, he's okay. not going anywhere. Just checking. Just checking. I like to, you know. Okay. Fact or fiction, uh, one of Syracuse, TCU, Ole Miss, or UCLA makes the playoff. 
One Syrac- more time. Syracuse, TCU, Ole Miss, UCLA. UCLA. The four fun teams. Yeah, UCLA is going undefeated, so I'll see them in the playoffs. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm going to go fiction. Ah. All right, here we go. Fact or fiction? The Hawaii Rainbow Warriors are back in contention for a bowl game. Yes. Fact. <laughs> if they win this week, then absolutely. I mean, look at who's left. You got Colorado State. You've got UNLV. That's two wins. You got Utah State. That's another third win. Throw in a potential win against. Um, <laughs> did did you already play Utah State? No, we don't play. We didn't play Utah Hawaii State. Oh, play Wyoming. We got Wyoming. Hawaii's one miss San Diego State field goal away from being number one in the Mountain West right now. Exactly. <laughs> let that. Let that. Sit it does scare me though because I thought the Fresno State game in a few weeks was going to be like a lock because you know we got backups at Fresno State. I'm like ah, you know what? We're kind of peaking at the, a decent time, and Fresno State kind of sucks. But then they're going to get their starters back, and their backups are good. I think we might end up losing that one. But the Chevin Cordero revenge game, I think that could be very important. At San Jose State, Thanksgiving weekend, that could be to fun. go to a bowl game, I think we win the revenge game. Let's Send go to that game, game day, Cole. It's in San Jose. Let's go to that game. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it. Time for the name game. Where are we staying in San Jose, Budge? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hayden, why don't you go first today? Sure. I feel like we might have done this name in previous seasons or something. Probably never got it. We could have. He's probably not. Okay, here we go. Stanford wide receiver David Casamervis. David. We have done this name. I've I recognize I feel this name. yeah, David Casamervis. D uh-huh. A V I D. Correct. He got it. I mean it's David, right? Yeah, David. Yep. Casamervis. C. Incorrect. Ah. See, I remember that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we did this one with Jared. He said K? Okay, that's correct. A. Correct. S. S. S, but it was oh, just one S. <laughs> no, he just stuttered. Okay. <laughs> no, I, it was, I went All right, here ass. we go. David Casamervis. <laughs> K-A-S-E. Damn. M-E-R. And, and the end was just going to throw you up. V-I-S-Z. <laughs> There's too many like weird letters in that. Yeah. Once again, the parenting. Well, it's the last of. name, so the parents didn't pick that one. True, actually. Yeah. The ancestors did that. All right, Colt. I've got a freshman. You know how much I like picking the freshman. Uh, he's from, go, he's huh? at UW. Uh, he's from Oregon City, so he's actually from the state of Oregon. Uh, we've got Camden Stiegler. Camden. C-A-M. Yep. D-E-N. And D was correct, and then E was incorrect. So, eh. What was incorrect? The E. After the D, the E was incorrect. So that's C-A-M-D-I. That is also incorrect. Camden? C-A-M-D-Y-N. Camden. And then Stiegler is S-T-I-E-G-E-L-E-R. A lot of E's. I don't think you would have gotten that one either. But, you know, kudos for trying, Colt, honestly. I appreciate it. I just want to give a shout-out to my mom in the comments over there. Yeah. I see Nohea Almodova over there. We that's, actually, that's my mom's middle name. She doesn't want to use her actual first name because the feds might, I don't know, get her. <laughs> she's afraid. Okay, well, we can uh, we can probably field some calls at the end here. We've got a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put the uh, phone number in the live chat. Um, you guys feel free to, you know. Spread the word other places. Hi, Mom. Six. My whole family is listening. This Your is a, whole this family is the first in the chat time. Right now. Family, you got Almadovas. You guys can all call in. 
Um, okay, here we go. We'll pin this, and we'll take some calls. This is hilarious. All right. We are ready to field any calls, all in any calls about college football. Does the cell reception even, like, go overseas? Uh, It should. It should. There's the number. We'll see. Auntie Bob and Eden are tuned in. Yeah. That's nice. We got Aiden, the Contrades, Ohana. We had a lot of Ohanas here. You guys should call. Yeah, feel free to call in whenever. Ah, (laughs) What are you guys Uh, looking forward to this week? Football. (laughs) I agree. Football as well. I've never been to Stanford's campus, and I've heard great things, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the farm, I, it's a big stadium. Mm. Yeah. I remember seeing it was a big one when Oregon State played there. I mean, I, I'm not sure how the game day atmosphere will rival uh, DKR Stadium, yeah, probably. but, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be an equally good game. I could see it playing out very similar, kind of. I'm Maybe. just really excited for when we play UCLA in a few weeks. I mean, that could be a potential top-five matchup. We could potentially rush the field again. Yep, yep. It's going to be hype. I mean, if UCLA beats Oregon, now it's really real. I think if UCLA beats Oregon, they've got to be a top five team. Yeah, 100%. They have to be. They have to be on the playoff radar. I mean, when those committee rankings come out. When they beat Utah, Oregon, Washington, Washington. you've got to put them in the top five. Mm. I agree. I think that would be absolutely disrespectful to UCLA. I mean, it's the LA team that didn't get any love at the start of the season. Right. From a national from a national uh, lens, it was all on USC. It doesn't doesn't seem like we're getting any calls uh, right now. Uh, no love um, from the callers. We got like ten minutes. Yeah. To... What happened? We flew through this. We show. absolutely did. But um, Appalachian State, they did win. They beat Georgia State forty-two to fourteen today. Forty-two to seventeen. Why does the score keep changing, Cole? Every time you say it. You know, because Georgia State was up fourteen nothing, and I created a narrative in my head that the game was over. That the game was over. Wow! Yeah, good job by App State actually coming back and winning that. Um, let's just uh, let's let uh, Michael Scott take us to the outro just so we can get past yeah. that. Yeah, sure. And we'll see if a call comes in at the end here. All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. Um, inside sources indicate the phone number might not be working right now. Hold on, let me let me put the other phone number down. Six o two. Uh, inside Who's inside sources? Bro? Uh, Madeline Williamson is our inside source. Oh, she called last week. She did call. She had. To, she's a very big fan. She's the second biggest fan in Pacific Point of View history, actually. Um, who's the Who's the first biggest fan? It's Mark Andy. <laughs> yeah, okay. my freshman year roommate. Come on, that's clearly. And there we we're go. getting a call. It's finally working. Um, let me answer that. Whoa, whoa, and whoa. Why are we? Wait. Maybe, maybe it's the, the other phone. phone. I'm answering the other one now. Hello. Hello. What is up, guys? Oh, we're getting a call. Who's calling? Who is this? This is, this is R.T. Schmidt. This is Raleigh Schmidt. Riley Schmidt, where are you calling from? I'm right now. I'm in New Orleans, Louisiana. New Orleans, Louisiana. All right, Riley, what do you got for us? Oh man, I'm just uh, I'm just curious if do you think Chip Kelly's got any like secret agents that are still working up at Oregon that he's like, hey, he knows he's still got his he's got his men back there. Are they gonna? Is he gonna know what's gonna be happening when uh, they go into Austin Stadium? 
You know, I'm the one with the Oregon connections here. So I've, I've got a lot of buddies that go to U of O. They still love Chip Kelly up there. I remember I was at uh, the Civil War the year the Ducks went to the national championship game. And afterwards, there were just so many Duck fans running up going, Chip, I love you, Chip. And so it would not surprise me in the slightest if there's still some guys up there that have got a soft spot for Chip, especially over a guy that's only been there for, for you know, one season. Yeah, absolutely. It wouldn't surprise gotcha. me. Yeah. Uh, last question. Uh, I asked uh, another time about the uh, Dole Fruit Company uh, before the Arizona State game, and uh, I wanted to hear. I want to hear some of the heated remarks about that. Some of the heated remarks about what? The Dole. The Fruit. Dole Fruit Company. Yeah, so they have pineapples. They they have like all these pineapple fields in Hawaii. I, I don't know about the Dole. No, yeah. Food company. In I remember Arizona. when y'all said like you were like I don't know if I can I don't know if I can sing the national anthem after the way they took over Hawaii and I thought that was oh, hilarious. No, so, <laughs> um, yeah. So I I didn't know I didn't know if you were like ah oh, screw the Dole Fruit Company they took over our homeland. Yeah, it wasn't just the Dole Food Company. It, it was actually you know the entire state of America. Uh, took over the Hawaiians, but it, it's okay because you know if not for that, I wouldn't be doing this show right now. So <laughs> I guess hindsight's twenty twenty. Exactly. I just I want to hear all the hot takes that that uh, that the our our lovely forty eighth state had or forty ninth state had about uh, the mainlanders. It's actually the fiftieth state. <laughs> oh damn it! Ah oh, man, <laughs> my, my Alabama education has ruined me. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks for calling, Riley. Appreciate it. You have a good one. Hey, no problem. Take care. All right, we had Riley from Louisiana. I heard another phone ringing. If, hey, call again if you, if yeah, you just please called. We've call got again. the phones ringing off the hooks here. I don't know. I don't even know how to silence the phone. I, I, to be honest. We... Whoa! Don't worry. Do you found okay. it? You found the button. <laughs> I found the button. That's crazy. We just stretched all the way to Louisiana. That's that's yep. impressive. Yeah. So we could go from potentially Louisiana, Hawaii, maybe get some North Carolina in there tonight. Crazy. Yeah. You know, Hawaii doesn't do well in Louisiana. We played in the Sugar Bowl and like 13 years ago. We got cooked. Exactly. I don't know how to work these phones very well, to be honest. It's it, well, They're making weird noises. It, if you call, call again. <laughs> You hear that that beefing? We yeah. should do this up. every show. I agree. Like just I, cut it like ten minutes shorter for this see. segment. Is this if I do this? I guess the lines are busy. Could be. That's what one of them's making. That's the other sound. All right, everybody take take turns calling. Yeah, maybe is that what happens? I mean, actually, I don't know. I don't know how phones that's, work. That's not this how. is before our time. If we should, like, this yeah. is a landline. If we could just like, oh, Amanda says, I think our original social media manager was forgotten. Yes. She, uh, she, used the she had the OG Instagram password. We still don't have the password, yeah. Amanda. Yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> I, I would like that. I'm still checking the phone. I don't know how to fix that. How do, <laughs> how do I fix that? Is there like a button we can push? Or? I don't know. If Amanda's got the original passwords, can she delete the, the first account that we had? Because I noticed we have like two Pacific POVs out there. No one will find the second one. We're okay. That's cool. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, if it doesn't seem like we'll be able to take any more calls because um, I appear to have screwed it up. But, uh, oh, oh, here we go. Oh, wait. Is wow. This, I think it's F2 we're getting. Here we go. Let it ring one more time. Okay, it's okay. F2. Um, F2, all right. All right, let's see it. Hello? Hi there. Hi, how's it going? Who is this? This is Wendy. <laughs> this is Wendy calling from Hawaii. Oh, it's Wendy from Hawaii. Wendy from Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> what, what question you got for us? Um, 
I don't really have a question. I mean, well, I guess I can think of, well, well actually, I, I don't really know sports I, too much, yeah, but I, I like, a, how was your guys' trip? It was fantastic. <laughs> it was a blast. So fun. Mom, yeah. it, it was the best place I've ever been to in my entire life. Yeah, I know. That's what you said. Do you have <laughs> Sounds any, good. That's awesome. Do you have any fun, cult fun facts for us here? In, in a one minute? <laughs> <laughs> um... Potentially uh, embarrassing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have video. <laughs> Mom, you've got one minute um, to say anything you want about me. He knows me. how to chat. Go. He knows how to chat. He knows how to do the hula. Okay. Colt's going to show, show us his hula in the studio here. I don't know how to do the hula, Mom. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Thank you for this. Thank you, Mom. Uh, I, I just I did some makeshift hula for for the boys. Thank you. You, you know everyone too at the entire ASU downtown campus is currently walking to their car or the gym right now. That's hearing this <laughs> entire <laughs> thing. <laughs> now see now she's gonna get embarrassed. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, I love you, mom. Thanks for calling. Love yeah, you. appreciate Thanks. you calling. Uh, I'll come home soon. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll swim over in two minutes. <laughs> okay. uh, I'll see you in. A month. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right. I'll, All right. I'll call you tonight. Yeah, thanks for all you guys. All right. Thank all you. Right. Thanks Bye, for Mom. calling in. Bye. Love you. Okay. All right. That's it for the phone calls. Um, that was a fantastic way to end the show. Awesome. We had a lot of extra time, which is very uncharacteristic for us. Yeah. So we got to uh, do that. We got to budget out like 15 minutes at the end of every show. Yeah. Ah, I get it. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Anyways, um, if that's all we got. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. I'm Colt Amadova. And with that, we wave goodbye. Going to come back to the near side.